This bacteria actually acts like a tiny locksmith by making tiny little keys that it uses to open up other bacteria. Learn about how this works in this episode of Short Stories Bacteria. All right, guys, in order to understand a little bit about how this uh, about how this bacterial key maker works, right, we're going to have to bring back a bacteria that we talked about a really, really long time ago, and that is a bacteria called Delavibrio bacteriovorus. I shall repeat its name for emphasis. That would be Delavibrio bacteriovorus. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to learn a little bit about how it works, as, and we're going to get a little bit more into the minute detail of how it works, which is going to be really, really cool. But first, welcome each and every one of you guys to the podcast, Short Stories of Bacteria, where we talk about the lives of the tiny and infamous, that will be the incredible and beautiful bacteria. I, as always, am your host, Dr. K, to lead you and guide you on this incredible journey. Um, whilst you're here, don't forget to uh, leave a five-star review. Do not forget to follow and share this podcast with all of your friends. Um, but let's jump into the science. So like I said, we're going to bring back this really, really crazy bacteria called Delavibrio bacteria virus. Like I mentioned, it's one of the um, it's one of the more prominent bacteriovores in all of, of microbiology, which is really, really neat. And how it works, it has this really, really cool mechanism. So we're going to jump into the mechanism how it works. So um, Delavibrio bacteriovorus, what it does is it's kind of swimming around, right? It's swimming around in the water or whatever it is that you find it. And then it runs into a whole bunch of different kinds of bacteria, right? Bacteria are oftentimes exist in really complex biofilms, really complex groups of bacteria. And the types of bacteria that it'll run into generally fall into two bins. These would be gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria. Gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria are different because, well, there's a, there's a couple of different, different reasons, but one of the fundamental reasons is um, the amount of a substance called peptidoglycan. All that peptidoglycan is is it's a, it's a, it's a, really, it's a rigid, essentially sugar protein molecule that attaches to itself and forms a wall around the bacteria, okay? Now, gram-positive bacteria have this really, really thick layer of peptidoglycan. So they have a really, really thick cell wall, essentially. Gram-negative bacteria, they have this really, really thin sliver of peptidoglycan that wraps around them. So in general, um, gram-positive have really, really thick peptidoglycan, and gram-negative have really skinny, thin um, peptidoglycan. In addition to this, there's another pretty big difference between the two, and that is that gram-negative tends to have two membranes. So they'll have a cellular membrane, so right, that's the fatty um, lipid membrane, essentially just a capsule, right? And that wraps around the bacteria. And then they have a peptidoglycan layer outside of that, right? And then outside of that peptidoglycan layer, they have another membrane, Okay. That's how gram-negative bacteria are. So they're, they're a layered bacteria. I guess you could think about it that way. Gram-positive bacteria, on the other hand, they just have the one membrane, and then they have the thick, chunky um, peptidoglycan layer as well, right? So there's gram-negatives. They have the, they're the multi-layered. They have the membrane, peptidoglycan membrane. And then there's the gram-positives, which just have membrane and peptidoglycan. Now, um, Delavibrio... Uh, bacteria virus, what it does is it specifically targets gram-negative bacteria, so the ones that have the multi-layered um, outer region, right, which has the layer, I'm sorry, it has the membrane, peptidoglycan membrane. So that's the ones that um, Delavibrio actually likes to target, and how it works, right, is it 
sneaks into what's known as the periplasmic space. That's the space between the two cellular membranes, right around there with the rest of the peptidic lichen. Delavibrio finds a way to sneak into that periplasmic space. And then what it does is it uses this little protein as a way of slicing a little hole into, um, into the inner membrane of the gram-negative bacteria. And what that does is it allows Delavibrio to stay in this kind of safe little area in the periplasmic space, kind of outside the actual center of the bacteria, right? But then it still has access to the cytoplasm, the interior of the gram-negative. Now, once it does that, what it does is it starts to eat, scoop out all the goopy innards of the cytoplasm of the gram-negative bacteria that it's currently invading, right? It scoops all that stuff out and then eats it up. And what that does is the <laughs> essentially what happens is the Delavibrio starts to grow and grow and grow in that periplasmic space. And then the gram-negative bacteria that is currently being preyed upon starts to get smaller and smaller as it starts to get eaten, just as it starts to get eaten, right? And so eventually what happens is Delavibrio just kind of bursts out of this um, kind of caved-in gram-negative bacteria that it's currently eating. And then it moves on to track down other bacteria for it to eat. So very, very cool mechanism. It's a very odd, really neat way that bacteria are able to eat other bacteria. But there are actually a whole bunch of problems and questions that are um, that are centered around how Delavibrio actually works, how it actually goes about attacking these gram-negative bacteria. Um, and it all hinges around um, what I'll call membrane specificity. So what do I mean when I say membrane specificity? So whenever we talk about bacterial membranes or cell membranes in general, I think it's easy to think about them as um, monolithic entities. Maybe that's not the right word for it. But like we just think like, oh, they're just a bunch of lipids, a whole bunch of little lipid molecules all stuck together. right? That's typically when we think about the cell membrane. That's how we describe it. Oh, the cell membrane, it's a phospholipid bilayer and has all these different lipids and they're all stuck together. Right. It's very, very cool. Um, but that's not really the best way to think about it. The, each of these, um, each of these membranes are very, very different, right? They, there's a lot of specificity and distinction between each of these, uh, membranes. So there's a whole bunch of different components to a bacterial or any type of cellular membrane. You have your fats, right? But there's a whole bunch of different kinds of lipids that make up different kinds of membranes. That's a whole different topic, but it's really, really cool. You'll also be a whole bunch of proteins that are embedded at in different concentrations and, and different shapes and different structures in each of those membranes, right? So the bacteria, I'm sorry, the protein topography of the membrane is also different. The lipid um, topography is different. The protein topography is different. There's also, and this is pro the most um, the most diverse of all, the sugar composition of the membrane is also very varied, right? So you actually have tons of sugars that are attached to proteins that are embedded in the membrane. You have sugars that are attached to different lipids that are embedded in the membrane. So the sugar composition of the membrane is also different. And so what this means is that there's a whole, essentially every single membrane that you're going to run into, right? is going to be very, very, very different. The composition of it is going to be very, very different because of this almost limitless potential for diversity. Now, not only is it different between our individual cells, like in our own bodies, right? But it's also very, very different between different species, okay? 
Now, what that means in terms of um, something like Delavibrio bacteriovorus has to do with something called cell adhesion. So whenever um, Delavibrio gets to the bacteria that it's about to eat, the gram-negative bacteria, it has to have a way of attaching to each of these membranes, right? Now, if it had just one mechanism to attach to a membrane, then it could only really attach to one bacteria, right? Because of this incredible diversity of cell membranes, right? If there's only one mechanism that it had to attach to a membrane, that means it can only attach to one membrane. That means that it could only attach to one type of bacteria, right? And that's not really good for Delavibrio bacteriovorus. It has to be able to, if it's going to be eating bacteria, it has to be able to eat a whole bunch of different bacteria if it's going to be able to survive. And so it runs into this really, really tough problem, right? So if it has to, I mean, it has to, it has to bind to a whole bunch of different um, membranes in order to slice them open and in order to gain access to the cytoplasma goodies, right? If it has to bind to those to a whole bunch of different kinds of membranes, then it has to have a bunch of ways, a bunch of mechanisms in place that allows it to attach to a bunch of different diverse membranes, right? So that's an, that's an outlying question, right, for Delavibrio bacteriovorus. How does it find a way to interact with a bunch of different um, types of diverse bacterial membranes, right? And that actually gets into um, this really, really cool paper. There's a whole bunch of science being done at the University of Birmingham and the University of Nottingham. Um, and what these two groups were doing is they were looking at Del Vibrio. And what they were doing is they were trying to figure out how is it that it's able to attach to a bunch of different diverse cellular membranes that you find in um, gram-negative bacteria. Now, what they did is they looked at something called a periplasmic vesicle. That is a lot of things stuck together, but we'll, we'll explain what's going on in a second. So remember when I mentioned earlier how Delibrio del works is what it does, it goes into this periplasmic space, right? That's the location that's found between the outer cell membrane and the inner cell membrane of gram-negative bacteria. And once it's in there, it makes something called um, a periplasmic vesicle. And so that's like a little essentially a little capsule that it holds itself in as it starts to try and slice holes in the inner membrane of the gram-negative bacteria, okay? So it's hiding in this little kind of capsule that it's built for itself as it tries to figure out how do I get into this cell? How do I slice into this gram-negative bacteria, right? Now, what the folks over at Birmingham and Nottingham were doing is they were looking inside the vesicle to see if... If there were any, if there is anything left by the bacteria there after it gained access to the gram-negative bacteria, essentially, it, you can kind of think about it like, all right, the bacteria is trying to break into this gram-negative bacteria, right? Almost like a, I don't know, almost like a burglar trying to break into a house. And if the burglar is trying to break into a house left any tools behind when it breaks into the house, you could kind of try and figure out based off of the tools that it leaves behind what how it managed to get into the house in the first place. Does that make sense? So like essentially what's happening is they're looking where the bacteria used to be and any tools that the bacteria left behind there as evidence for how it managed to break into the gram-negative bacteria in the first place. That was the whole, that was the whole point of their research. Now what they did, they actually found a whole bunch of really, really cool stuff. And one of the things that they found is they found a whole bunch of these different, um, these long, slender 
proteins were left in this vesicle, right? And these long slender proteins, they were actually all very, very similar, right? They were similar shaped, similar structured, right? But they had these slight differentiations in like a central area, right? Slight differentiations in a very, very specific area. And now you may be thinking to yourself, well, Dr. K, that actually sounds very, very similar to a key, right? If you think about like a key, right? They all tend to have a very similar shape, right? But then there's a slight differentiation in the really, at the, a really, really important part that the teeth of the key, right? And the teeth of the key determine whether or not it actually works, right? Whether or not it actually turns the lock. And so what these researchers found was that Della Vibrio employs a whole bunch of different kinds of these similarly shaped, different toothed, so to speak, proteins as a way of attaching and unlocking the bacteria that they're trying to eat. Right? It's really, really, really cool. So what's happening here is the Della Vibrio, when it sneaks into the periplasmic vesicle, it gets in there, it has a bit of a breather at this point. And then what it does is it has a whole bunch of different little keys that it has and it can use to try and test it with each individual gram-negative bacteria. And based off of that, they can open up the actual bacteria and gain access to the cytoplasmic goodies, right? So that's really, really cool. Essentially, the bacteria makes a whole bunch of different keys as a way of attaching to a whole bunch of different kinds of gram-negative bacteria. And in doing so, they're able to gain access to the cytoplasm of the gram-negative bacteria and, and essentially have a whole bunch of different prey. Now, the Delavibrio that they were looking at specifically here actually employed 21 different kinds of keys. So you can, <laughs> so you can kind of envision Delavibrio's kind of floating around at this point, looking around for something to eat, like a, and has like a little, I don't know, like a little keychain with 21 different keys. And then once it gets into the periplasmic vesicle, then it's like, okay, let's try this one. Let's see if that allows me to unlock the gram-negative bacteria and gain access to the cytoplasm. Nope, that one didn't work. Let's try another one. Nope, let's try another one. And so on and so forth until they finally got the right one. And then that allowed them to open up the bacteria, right? And then feast until it can't feast anymore. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, it's a really, really neat example of the um, ornateness of, of virulence, right? Just a whole bunch of different really, really cool ways that bacteria can eat other bacteria or just be virulent in general. Very, very cool stuff. Um, let's, let's wrap up and let's get out of here. Okay, so number one, Della Vibrio is a bacteria that eats other bacteria and specifically eats gram-negative bacteria. Number two, gram-negative bacteria, those are bacteria that have multiple membranes with a um, with a peptidoglycan layer in between the membranes. Number three, Delavibrio eats gram-negative bacteria by existing in that periplasmic space, attaching to the inner membrane, and then sucking out all the cytoplasmic goodies. And finally, number four, there's research emerging at University of Nottingham and University of Birmingham about how bacteriovorous, or I'm sorry, Delavibrio bacteriovorous are attaching to that inner membrane and it attaches to that inner membrane by employing these different keys essentially to adhere to the membrane. So very, very cool. Like I mentioned, it's a really, really neat example of um, how bacteria go about eating each other and just how bacteria are virulent in general. But um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys learned something. I had an absolute blast. I hope you guys did as well. Um, don't forget to hit that five-star um, button. I guess there's a five-star button. Leave that five-star review. Um, and I hope I will see you guys all next week in another episode, Short Stories Bacteria.